Hey, welcome to the New Hope Podcast. We're talking Star Wars and hope. Of course. Of course. Gotta hey, have it. This is Rick, Brennan, and Josh. Hey, guys. And Hello. we are we have just returned from seeing Solo. A Star Wars story. <laughs> and we're, just, we're having a special episode as we're preparing to make our way to A New Hope. Uh, I think we've decided that in the order of our podcast that we're going to go with the chronological order yeah, of right. the films in the timeline versus when they were made. Since we've already been doing that, been starting with episode one, yeah, it mm-hmm. only makes sense now to go to Solo. And yep. Yep. And then, That's and correct. then Rogue One and then on to uh, New Hope. A New Hope. hope which yes. all of us are so excited to ruin for you diehard Star Wars fans. Now, before we continue any further, we want to make sure that we, s- we establish that there's a spoil warning if you haven't seen yes, go, Please go see it. Solo. Please go yes. see it. Yes, please go see it. However, it needs all the money it can get. As, as we're, we're doing this <laughs> review, our producer, Nick Lynn, has not seen Solo, and he's stuck behind the soundboard we, uh, we'll spoil with the movie headphones for him. on listening to every word we say. It's okay that we pay him really well. So, <laughs> so well. With <laughs> hugs and smiles. <laughs> so, again, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, you know, take some, take some time to, to watch that before listening to this podcast. This podcast isn't going around anywhere, so it'll always be around, so you can come back to it anytime. Mm-hmm. But so spoiler um, warnings now. Yeah, is, spoiler it, is it a spoiler warning, warning that we've mentioned when in the timeline it's, the solo movie is? Well, they should just know. I mean, it's uh, also double spoiler alert: Han Solo dies. So it's what? somewhere between him being I alive. Do not remember this in Episode Four and him dying in Episode uh, Seven. For all you who didn't know that he dies in Episode Seven. What are you doing? I don't I'm know. I'm so confused by what you just said. Just Star Wars it. solo story. <laughs> the is fans understand what I meant. 10 BBY, which is before the Battle of Yavin. Oh, yes. All right. Thank you. For all you so book the, nerds. So the, so the anthology movies, we've got two that have been released thus far since the the airing of this podcast. You've got Solo and then and you Rouge have One. Rogue One. Yes. <laughs> uh, so both of those, I feel like are not really uh, a part of George's original like vision. No, it, it, George so. claims that he, his original vision was the the nine movies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and 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 then he decided to go with Episode Four as his first one when 20th Century Fox was saying, "We'll let you make one," and he picked that one out. But nowhere did he really say, and of course, making sure we do a solo movie and Rogue One. Uh, to <laughs> it's imperative to, that we yeah, yeah. That <laughs> yeah those we are important and, uh, too. Uh, Fett and so, so in Obi-Wan our one yeah. and Mace Windu and <laughs> a our, Mace Windu backstory, it's super important. In our process of um, you know rewriting these uh, to, in honor of George's vision from from where he originally was, we've suddenly hit a snag where we have a transfer of companies. And rights, and now that Star Wars is owned by Disney, and, uh, and Leia's th- a princess, a Disney princess now. Yes, <laughs> and we've got all this uh, other movies that are just going to come out year after year after year. We've had, uh, and Solo's the first film to come out six months after mm-hmm. uh, another Star Wars film. I mean, they're really ramping up the movies now. They're and, rolling them out. Uh, yeah, so we're going to see more Star Wars films. And so when we're talking about the story of hope that he really wanted to establish from the beginning, as this progresses, 
the universe is going to get bigger, which to be honest, I, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's awesome yep. to have all these movies. But for me, I want to have at least the classic story kind of stay within maybe the nine episodics and uh, stay there. Mm-hmm. And at least, uh, you know, and we'll talk further about this, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, what's the ultimate theme and story that's being told in those nine episodes? Well, you could say that those nine episodes kind of follow the... It's the Skywalker family the, saga. Yes. Right. right. Precisely. From Anakin to Luke to Kylo Ren. Yep. Right. Yep. And and then uh, you have like Rogue One and Han Solo, and they, they are not related to the Skywalkers at mm-hmm. all. So I think that's where we can separate those out. Sure. Now, granted, that does not mean that these movies cannot be about hope. No, of course, but at the same time, I think it would be in our best interest not to treat Solo uh, like we did with episode one, two, and three. Completely. And so maybe what we should do is just take time to review it yep. and share what we liked and maybe what we struggled with uh, when watching Solo. So uh, how let's let's begin. Brennan, want to take some, us away? Yeah, let's do some things we, we like about it. Um, the thing that I think I appreciated the most out of Solo as a movie um, was the practical effects they used on the aliens. Now, you could say that that's kind of a small thing to notice and point out, but to me, that was huge. After coming out of uh, all these new movies and Rogue One, every alien species just about, unless they're directly interacted with, they're all computer-generated. They're all very fake-looking. All um, very background. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So seeing that that big, uh, like, centipede-looking thing come out of the water, that, like, mob boss on Han Solo's planet, you guys know what I'm talking about. It could yeah, be yeah, the yeah. sun. It comes out of the water. That was a real set piece. Mm-hmm. That's a practical set piece. They did not CGI that thing. And I have such an appreciation for their dedication to make that a real set piece and yeah. uh, just it, it cool. started the movie off for me personally really well hmm. i don't think rick really liked the uh centipede thing no i mean i no i i if i liked it it i struggled watching solo the first time around and i don't think i liked it hmm. but i've seen it twice and i have to say that the second time that i watched it uh, I enjoyed it a whole lot more, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because I walked into it and in just anticipating a lot. Um, I don't know. It really, I it, for some reason the first time around, I was just kind of like rolling my eyes. I think maybe I was just like lost the magic a little bit, going, mm-hmm. "What is happening? Are we just going to keep making more movies like this?" But then as I watch it, I feel like I started to pay attention to some details that maybe I was just overlooking. I don't know. I have to criticize myself a little bit for the way that I watched the movie the first time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of people not like the first act Interesting. while he's, he's, uh, he, he's leaving his childhood planet. And to be honest, I love that. I like I that scene good. very much too. I love that scene. Um, the centipede was kind of like, whoa, it's super it weird. It was cool. It was like, yeah. well, we've never seen not, this before. It was almost, right, like, uh, it was almost like a job of the hut, like a, like, some kind of super bizarre alien that we've never seen before that uh, is not physically imposing, but you can tell has a lot of control over the yeah. people, the things that it's, the aliens that it's around. And I thought, you know, it, it had a very Jabba's palace feel to me. Yeah, because like that. Uh, Jabba and the worm thing, I can't remember her name, I don't but um, 
neither of them can really move around yeah. on their own. Yep. But they like still are in complete control of everybody. Complete control. Yeah, so, it's fascinating. So, so, so the cool. yeah. So this is where S- Solo like I think was very artistic in their choice, but maybe even worked a little bit against them was that they decided to focus on a very small aspect of what Star Wars was. You're talking about like Jabba the Hutt. You're talking about like the scum. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, the, the cantina scene and just picking out all these types of characters and saying, what if we made a movie just about all these th- these creatures and, and people and, and uh, you know, Han Solo and the little adventures that are taking place. But there's no Jedi. There's no yeah. uh, Republic, really. There's no... There's no Force. There, yeah, there's no Force, absolutely. And so you have this, this very big distance from mm-hmm. everything else and they in this little small thing and i think uh i think what worked against solo was that it doesn't really feel like star wars when i watch it but that's not necessarily a bad thing um mm. that doesn't take away from it it just it doesn't it 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 feels like star wars but it doesn't it, it's mm. it's like it 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 feels it's like a different part of Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And it's a Star Wars that I'm not exactly honed in on, mm-hmm. not f- quite familiar with on a regular basis. You know, yeah. that wasn't the part that I always got excited about, but I was still very intrigued nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that piece. Josh, what about you? What, what did you like? Um, well, the first time going through it, um, I noticed that the the music in the movie was uh actually pretty good Mm. there was one when they were before they were getting to the train heist yes there was a part and it's like very vocal music and it like kind of pulled me out of the movie for a second i was like am i watching planet earth because it was like (laughs) these beautiful cinematic views oh i know you're talking about yeah really like yeah somebody had some i don't know whose theme that was but it's somebody's it was the uh um Vin's Nest or whatever. The, yeah, the oh, it was crime, her. Crime. It was her theme. That's whose theme. Yeah, it was. It it was almost. I was a little confused by it. It felt almost out of place for like a Star Wars yeah. like character's theme. Mm-hmm. Well, not that I'm saying it was bad. It was just. I, yeah, it took no. me. It took me a little off guard when it, I when it I heard didn't like a, sound like regular Star Wars yes, music completely or uh, John Williams music because yeah. it's not. No, it's John it's, Williams. It's, a, oh. it's not. It's, it's John Powell. Yeah, I think pronounce it. Yeah. Well, there you um, go. There's that's where the problem. Yeah, the was. the he, anthology <laughs> movies. He plucked like two pieces off yeah. of huh. John Williams' original music. Mm-hmm. The um, imperial theme is in there um, when they're recruiting people mm. on the other side of the wall in Corellia. They're like you can hear it in the distance. <laughs> like there's just some join now. In the back. Like, right, you can yeah. do the you can do the good thing. That's awesome. Yeah, it took super the cool. theme of the music from the movie and made it, and in they the put movie. it into the That's movie. That's so awesome. Because if the the people have been like, so now when I hear that theme song, it's actually playing. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm so thinking like Darth somebody Vader's has actually like an iPod walking in, yeah, and the, just playing it yeah. in their pocket. Well, when Sidious or, walks out of his ship and it's like this room yeah, full of Imperial one of those, guard, like, they oh, all have over the loudspeakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sidious has a hype man. That's actually really fun. I did not notice that when I first watched this played. In the commercial, it's, uh, for the it's not exactly the same. There's a couple notes mm-hmm. that are different, I think, but it's still recognizable as the Imperial March. <laughs> yeah, I like the <laughs> you know? I I like I like that you see Imperial propaganda on this planet. I like that mm-hmm. that it's like 
no wonder people join the empire because you wonder like who would join this thing yeah but you see that you see the imperial propaganda that's like it's a future you learn valuable skills like yeah they're selling it like it's just another so where do you feel like this movie plays well coming from like when you watch when you're watching it you feel like you're more coming from a new hope or you're coming more from revenge of the sith you talking like arrow wise well, just I'm not talking about necessarily like the timeline element of it, but where it starts to feel like could you see uh can you see what took place in Revenge of the Sith and then naturally solo comes next and you go, "Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. This 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 feels well, like I the next turn of what um, would happen in the universe." Yeah, I think it's more of like at the end of Revenge of the Sith, the empire's in power and they're building the Death Star and and stuff and this is kind of it's what 10 years after revenge of the sith probably um right because new hope is 20 years after revenge of the sith yeah so it's right down the middle was han really 10 years younger in this in solo yeah it's 10 years Oh, i didn't know that okay then yeah Um, it would have been 10 years after the mm -hmm. empire took over so then empire is like just they're continuing to gain power and they need more support if they're going to continue to impress right, yeah. worlds and stuff. And like, right in like one of the first shots of the movie, um, they're like building a star destroyer. Yeah. Right above Corellia. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. Corellia is like a shipbuilding planet. That's mm-hmm. their whole thing. So right, right. they probably like took over this mm. planet right away as soon as they had power. And then they're like, okay, now we have mm. the funds. Let's build <laughs> This Star Destroyer, all the while recruiting stormtroopers to ship out. So you think the Empire has just been there since its conception? Yeah, probably. Interesting. As soon as they gained power, they would go to places with resources. So to me, it felt more like it was coming from A New Hope, though, where it was obviously pulling from, you know, the the look and feel. Well, because they haven't... the the galactic empire in episode three had literally just started mm-hmm. like the clones haven't switched their armor yet star destroyers aren't being built it so the empire isn't really like the the, the galaxy does not know about the empire yet you could say that because yeah. palpatine just took power and then like a few days later x order 66 so so places like corellia would not have been affected yet Mm-hmm. in that because it's you, far past the outer room exactly so then so then the empire would like that's that's why i think you see it more closely to new hope is because right you see yeah. no remnants of the old senate the old democracy mm-hmm. that was there now it's the galactic they probably yeah, don't yeah. even use republic credits <laughs> <laughs> republic credits don't work out don't here work only out here. money exactly <laughs> precisely yeah uh so um what's what was something else that you that you liked, Brennan? Couldn't just been the opening. No, well, no. So it's not the opening. It's it's just the creatures, man. I just I love, I love the, just the aesthetics of Solo. I liked a lot the different worlds they went to. I thought were all fairly interesting and different. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I another thing I really like is um, Han Solo and Chewbacca how they met. Um, yeah, I I don't I know if there's cool. I haven't talked to anybody that said they didn't like that scene, but I love that scene that like mm-hmm. they kind of start out as is, enemies that... and Chewbacca's like a he's like it a... sounded like they used sounds from the Wampa in Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be a Wampa, right? I didn't my know what it was sitting be. there next to me. She's like, are you kidding me? It's obviously Chewbacca. <laughs> 
And I was like, <laughs> oh, I suppose he's got to show up somehow. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> yeah. show and up And then somewhere. it was Chewbacca. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, how, how he meets Chewbacca, I like that. It makes you like kind of fear Chewbacca more. He's not a, yeah. he's not just a big teddy bear, right? He was like mm-hmm. dismembering he literally people like in that ripping pit. arms off yeah, of he was people killing in the elevator. Lots of people down in that pit, and not not really by his own choice, but because he, he was had to the, eat. <laughs> he had to eat, and he was a captured prisoner. And they're not other Wookies, so it's like mm-hmm. you know they're gonna treat him like a savage. He'll be a savage. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. that you get that dark side of Chewbacca. It's interesting too to see that that actually happen in a movie because mm. like in uh, the original trilogy. You know, Chewbacca's feared or whatever, uh-huh. and he like throws a stormtrooper or something, maybe. Yeah. But never, it's like, oh, you know, Wookiees are known to rip people's yeah, arms he off. Literally rip the dude's arms off. Yeah, and then oh they gosh. actually show what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought <laughs> it was really cool weird. to have Chewie Standing actually be a couple arms, like yeah. a terrified yeah. Wookie. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, with a real backstory too, and like he's, with like motives. And drives yeah. mm-hmm. and and character development. Like, do I sure, go with yeah. my Wookiee? Do I do I follow the path that my entire life has been dedicated to, which is saving the Wookies from their yeah. imprisonment, or do I listen to Han? And, or do I do I help Han with his? Yeah, follow my his new quest. path. Yeah, do yeah. I follow my new path? And I I I like Chewbacca's yeah, arc. Chewbacca was really good. Really good. And yeah. uh, um, Han speaking in Shree Wook was really funny like it just kind of sounded he was like oh, oh. it's funny you think they would have cast somebody that could have done the chewbacca voice better or do you think he well would, no like, like they that. actually like taught him like making it like <laughs> like klingon you know yeah like, they yeah. have a whole language they like actually so that oh, if he funny. said something twice it was the same thing he wasn't just making it up uh. so so how do you think alden did as han solo then I thought he was really good. Yeah, no complaints. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to be Harrison Ford. Nope. He was trying to be Han. Hmm. Mm, that's a good way to look at it. I like that. I think. I think that's what he did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never. Yeah. He, his his acting and who he was never once bothered me. Mm-hmm. While I think it. too. He was definitely like a younger Han Solo. He wasn't like the brash, experienced Han Solo. He seemed like kind of naive. Which would have been a smart move on the filmmaker's parts to kind of separate it out instead of trying to make him just a... a I'm a rogue. Know-it-all. I've seen everything in the galaxy twice. I don't care about anything. Yeah. Yeah. So this is for me where... uh, This is probably where I struggle with, where you guys might be content with this more. I, I thought his acting was phenomenal. I didn't see any problem with the actor or the way that he performed mm-hmm. Han Solo. I just never really got into going, this is Han Solo. That's fair. And I just, part of me kind of looks at this film and I could almost, this is where I again go back to, uh, and maybe it's just me that I was never really interested in the, 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 the some, you know, the, the scum and the, the the crime lords and the the syndicates yeah the syndicates and stuff of mm-hmm. uh, of Star Wars and uh, but I I feel like I could take the name Star Wars out of this I could take the characters names change, change them, them change them to someone else and the movie itself would stand on its own without Star Wars yeah and the and reviews be would be the fine. same what's that the and the reviews yeah the reviews would be the same and everything you think uh, no i think maybe the reviews might be a little bit better actually mm-hmm. i don't know a standalone I, film is, well, yeah. but th- but that's where i think is interesting about um You're right. kind of what was been created is that i think we're so caught up in trying to cr- like create more stories for these characters 
but it wasn't Harrison Ford. And you get to a point where, you know, um, the, you, you, you know, you only see that person as that particular character. It's like where we're at right now with Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. Yeah. It's like, could you see <laughs> someone else pl- playing Wolverine? No. 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 Could you see, um, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, or Tony Stark as anyone but Robert Downey Jr.? I don't think you can, especially if you're trying to do it within the same universe. So mm-hmm. the interesting thing about what Marvel's choosing to do there is that they're they're like trying to take these people and then de-age them, right, with CGI. Mm. And it's interesting that they didn't, you know, Disney didn't try to do this with... Um, well, I mean, they did. The, they so they CGI Tarkin, they CGI'd correct, Leia. They in, did, and and, mm-hmm. and in Rogue One, and they look good. They look good. Yeah, but the CGI is not there yet for a main character. It's that right. it's that uncanny valley thing, right? Where they they look really real, yeah. like that could be a person, but you know that it's not. But we know it's not, and yeah. so then it looks weird. Well, yeah. I mean, like I think even we can't. You, we can't. Something's wrong. We can't seem to yeah, yeah. place it. I, well, I think if if somebody watched uh, Rogue One and never saw Tarkin before, they could still tell he was CGI. But yeah, maybe probably. wouldn't have as much of an unsettling feeling if they there's, knew there's what weird he like, like head movement. Yeah, in the movie, I no, find it's really good. And I, and I look at movies like uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, like the new ones. Right. Those apes look fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. I also have way less experience with an ape face than I do with a human face. <laughs> True. Is so that I can, right? I, it's a little harder for me to spot a CGI mm-hmm. ape than it is a CGI but I, human face. I think face. it's also easier for them to like mocap uh, like right. a non-human face because like Snoke looks like a real thing. Like yeah. I couldn't tell that he like it could be a mask. You know, it could. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Well, I think so. That they had promised, you know, in, in Carrie Fisher's passing. They basically promised that they're not going to CGI her, her into episode nine. What? Yeah, they promised that they wouldn't. So they're going to what? Recast her? Well, they, there was talks of potentially recasting or what they're going to do, but I think what they're ultimately going to do. Oh is yeah, just she move. just fell asleep and she just passed in her sleep. Well, she died of well, hold, uh, she died Brennan, of sadness. Brennan, she lost that. her let's will to, to live. live. So, Brennan, let's <laughs> save that for later. I, I think what they're just saying with that at that particular. At that particular stage is that they're kind of honoring that, and this is where they chose not to CGI Harrison Ford down to a younger version just, of Han. Solo. Well, you also Harrison have, Ford would never act as true. this character ever again. Well, and and you couldn't, you which he said that. multiple times. Actually, did you guys know true. that Harrison Ford has been trying to kill off Han Solo since, like ever like since Empire? Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> yeah. yeah, kill me off, George. Kill, kill me. me, please kill, kill me. Kill me at the end of this. Please. No, no, how many go down there? Okay, we will. Oh, we're yeah. making another one. We're going to have you come back. All right, but I better die at the end. Which oh, is, well, you know what? This is the last one. Don't worry about it. Nah. Which is kind of why his, his character isn't as great in in Jedi, I think. He's kind of less of Han than he is in Empire because he was oh. kind of supposed to die in Empire. <laughs> but that's just a personal preference. That's... Yeah, we, can, we will get to that. We will get, get to that later. That's right. Stick that's on because we're rewriting those. Oh, don't worry. We'll kill him. So, so <laughs> this is this is where um, the solo film for me just feels like um, I don't, I'm not going to say it's like a generic movie. I'm just saying that um, I never really got caught up in me feeling like I'm watching Han Solo. Uh, yeah. So I think the difference yeah. is is. Uh, between like you could say these two spin-off movies uh Rogue One and Solo is uh they go to Jeddah and they meet people that follow the 
Jedi way that aren't Jedi, right? I, I mm-hmm. can't remember what they're called. Um, they're Donnie gar- Yen Guardians of the Wills. Guardians of the Will, yeah. So they deep cut book reference, by the way. <laughs> so they they go there and they meet them. So you get that tie into the Star Wars universe, and it's like you know you're learning where the lightsaber crystals come from. Plus, there's the uh, the guys from the cantina scene <laughs> show up. I've been. Yeah. Uh, I got the death sentence on oh ten gosh. systems. <laughs> they're like, oh my yeah. gosh, we don't want any trouble, yeah. dude. Like they're actually afraid of them. Right. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah, but you have the you have uh you still exist in the world where the force plays a role. And mm-hmm. I think that normalizes uh Rogue One in the Star Wars universe where Solo never never touches on the force not even once. Well, you kind of have to because Han Solo didn't know anything about the force. the force. Yeah, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, yeah, of course well, you don't believe in it. If you never, never, he never but saw he it. He knew about it. But he never saw it. Oh, I guess he never saw it. Yeah, never Fair saw enough. any interaction of it. Never had any actual. That's in, a good point. In, in like experience with it, and honestly, I can't blame somebody for choosing never to believe in something when they've never had any mm-hmm. interaction uh, with it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I can totally, I can totally buy that. So, I mean, it's just as weird as the um the line in a new hope with this being their you know it, talking to darth vader saying about the force being his ancient religion which i in turn i'm like 20 <laughs> years is doesn't seem yeah, that ancient the, the history books uh are not well written in star wars no they're well, not no, well so written in space josh so I've, i'm oh, actually thinking yeah, about okay. that the one who says that about the religion thing you could say that he was in his 30s the one maybe. who said your ancient religion, 20s, 25, maybe, 30. yeah, 25, 30. So you think about him growing up under the Empire's rule, probably in an Imperial family if he's sitting at the table sure, with Darth Vader. Sure, but there was no way he was 25. But continue, yes. Well, no, maybe not 25. I'm saying like 30 to 40 is probably okay, okay, where he okay. was. But even even if he's young, he was probably still maybe on a, on a, on a far-off planet, but his parents joined the Empire early. What do you think Imperial education is like? You think they cover the Jedi... They wouldn't. Like, honestly, they wouldn't teach them of why anything would they that could give them hope. Exactly. About the That's what I'm saying. That's why he didn't know. Right. Is right. because he's heard rumors, but everything he's ever heard about the Jedi is that they're they're bad. Anything that has to do with the Force is either a lie or evil. Okay. But because the Sith's greatest strength is tricking people that they don't exist. Yeah, but the, that's true. That's absolutely correct. And yeah. the, the reason reason to do that is deceive people it's, it's, and, yeah. from from knowing the truth. Like, does anybody absolutely. know that the like people know that Vader is a force wielder? Does anybody know the Emperor is a force wielder or not? Uh, Emperor, yeah, they do. They watch Vader choking people to death. What, no, they saw Vader do it. Did they ever see the Emperor do it? Uh, or I don't think anyone em- ever saw the Emperor. That's what I'm saying. He kind of hides like, it. Yeah, he, he, yeah. They, that's the thing is nobody really knows that the Emperor is a Sith Lord, right? Nobody right. would join up if you know the Emperor is a Sith Lord. Yeah, eh, like he didn't lots even of people get behind people. You that, wouldn't. Even, I guess people. It was like the no, first no, I, time. I don't think. I don't think good good people willingly don't join up. Good people would willingly join up into the Empire with the propaganda oh, that sure. was shown. Being well, I think, yeah, yeah, of course. Like Han only joined the Empire because yeah, he yeah, had cool. to. Yeah. I well, bet I bet tons of the stormtroopers yeah, have to with, join yeah. the Empire because that's all they that's their only option left yep. to like get food and shelter. Well, you kind of see that like on that war planet a little bit. The one like uh, and another thing I like about that was Solo. that was an amazing scene. That was, was really cool. watching the kind of like the war just, take place, just dirty in the mud trenches. Yeah, mm-hmm. the worst like 
it the was thing also that these stormtroopers go through. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was also really cool that you couldn't see anything. Yeah, like when they're actually in a firefight, it's just there's so much dirt in the air. Yep. Like I couldn't really see the enemy they were fighting. Yeah, it's just blasters. Even, yeah, it just, just looked it looked everybody really hit, really cool. Everybody's terrified. Mm-hmm. So I and I I like that part a lot actually to see to see the empire do something that is just something the empire does and it's not against the rebels it's just the empire being the empire yeah and they think it's totally justified like the that's what the lieutenant or captain or whatever he's like for the empire right before it gets blown up (laughs) so so the the story the story of solo basically is of han solo um trying to get off uh his home planet left with no choice he's just trying to escape and he's under the 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 warlords uh, that are the uh, what would what did you say you called them earlier crime syndicate the syndicate no the yeah. the creatures what were they called the wh- what are you talking about which creatures the <laughs> I can't I know the worm thing yes oh I don't oh. know the name of it but the big centipede it's probably like Syndraxia or something <laughs> you know so the they you have him him trying to get under uh, under get away from being under their thumb Mm-hmm. And uh, then he has a girl with him, right? And the girls, the girls' attempt, uh, which you know, I'm, we can we can hash this movie out a little bit when we start talking about things that we don't like. But the whole her being grabbed, um, uh, uh, Kira being grabbed by somebody at the last second, and the door being closed on them, I felt to be. It wasn't a surprise to me. It was more of like, well, yeah, I was wondering how they were going to get split up, <laughs> you know. And uh, but this this is where the movie takes a turn to where he's left then to uh, to us in order to escape because they're still chasing him down. He sees the ads of the propaganda mm-hmm. for join the empire and get there. And so then he, he gets up there. He uh, says he wants to join and he wants to be a pilot because he wanted to be a, be a pilot his whole life. Yeah. And then they ask him, they say, all right, well, what's your name? He says, Han, okay. And what's, what's your, f- you know, who's your people? Yeah. And he says he doesn't have any, right? Have no people, right? Um, and then the guy, the security post guard, decides, hmm, what should I call your last name then if I, you're not of any people? So you're solo, right? So you're solo. Right, yeah. So... This has gotten huge BuzzFeed. Like people talk about this on the internet. Where where you guys stand on this? Do you like that this is how he got his name, or is this the first sign of eh, that was kind of lame? I didn't really like it to be honest. I I thought it was just kind of cheesy, and like oh solo <laughs> it checks out. Hmm. I just thought it was kind of, and he just kept it forever. Yeah, I, 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 I would say that I find it bizarre that he kept it. Did he ever say that he was Han Solo after that? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember, but I mean, I guess he did. Might he might have, when he introduced himself to to Lando, right? He's like Han Han Solo. Solo. Yeah, he did. Do or that. Wait, you mean in, in Solo the movie. in this movie? Yeah, in this movie. Yeah, well, I don't know, but he uses it all the time in yes. uh, the original trilogy. That's true. Yeah, so I'm not so. So I would say that that doesn't make sense. But I did. I'll be honest. When I watched the movie. And I see him go, so you're solo. Okay, we'll write that down. I was like, I had like a little aha moment that I was like, mm. oh, clever. So it didn't, you know, 
I wasn't upset. Would by you it, have, I'll say Josh? That. Would you have preferred that when he asks them, "Who are your people?" like, and he says, "I don't have anybody." And then the guard's trying well, no. to figure out what to to what, name him. What if he said, "What if he's what like, if, well, I'm solo." Yeah, what, what? like I'm so I'm by myself. I'm solo. And then he's yeah. like, and then he's like okay. "Okay, solo." And he writes he's it. Like, and he's oh, like, no, "Wait, no, wait. that's not." <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been better. I, I would have liked that. You would you would have gone for humor in that moment oh, rather big than big time. Big yeah. time. Oh, it's that just a big. It's just a big long. Everything's just a big running long joke that he's Han Solo. But yeah, I think that would have been actually a really funny joke. No, I'm solo. I don't. I don't mind that he was named <laughs> by a guard. And honestly, you know, people's names when they they realize that's a really cool name, they don't really care where it came from. You know, I so guess, Han yeah. himself could have been like, he probably forgot you know his last name. I, I don't like care that. if this guard named me or not. I think it's an awesome name, and I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, because he also has to go under a different identity for so long, and it'd been a couple years until the story picks up again. You know, he was he had been on the run for a couple of years He'd at that point. Being caught in with, be, the yeah, time. Mm-hmm. with the uh, with the Empire. So uh I don't know. I'm I'm kinda content with that, but it's interesting to to see that this movie causes us to kinda you know, we're not all on the same page with this film. Mm-hmm. So would you like before we start going into things that we're struggling with or don't like or like, uh w- overall are are you happy with solo? Do you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah. It's a good, solid heist action summer film. Yeah, I would definitely place it in like it's under Rogue One for me, but it's it's above. Uh, I think any of the prequels uh, and Last Jedi. I don't know if it's above. I don't know for me personally if it's above um, uh, Episode Seven, but nah. but I I really I I just I like Solo. I liked it. I thought it was a good film. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it front to back. No. No complaints that were like that, like ruined it for me. Yeah, there was nothing that could like take me out of the film entirely, and yeah. I'm like, ah, I can't Ugh. watch this movie. Can't believe they in Ugh. one sitting, right? Unlike uh, Attack of the Clones, yeah. that I have to take a five minute break <laughs> in between. You watch it; it single handedly ruins all of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I just go back and watch an episode of the Clone Wars, feel a lot better yes. about Anakin <laughs> as a character. And then I can continue to make jokes about him in episode right. two. <laughs> so with Solo, then do you f- do you feel like um, do you feel like the movie uh, draws uh, itself to uh, being like at par with the originals at all? Or because I didn't, I heard you say like every single type of movie except for A New Hope. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I leave those ones untouched because I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like those ones I rate on their own, uh, apart from this. But I find it hard to even put those movies into the same category. I just think of like all of these CG. Any movie that had like hardcore CG, especially these new ones, mm-hmm. that's I rate Solo really high um, next to these other movies. So I, it's better than seven, I think. I like would, if I'm they if they that. remade the original trilogy with all the special effects and everything, you mean would like it be a better? Movie? They already do no, that? no. That's the thing is, I don't think they would be better. I think they'd be worse. Like that's why I like it Solo takes... so much is because because of the practical effects, because yeah, sure. of their return to like you get that cantina scene with all these wacky looking aliens, and you can tell they're people wearing costumes. You know when you look at them. I don't think I care. But that's well. The thing is, I look at it them and I say they're, they're not digital. To the they, film. 
Huh? It adds character to I the feel film. Yeah. Like well, I that, feel like I'm really looking at that, something. Well, exactly. That room looks dirty and grungy, and these people look dangerous. When they're all CG, I don't. I don't feel like anybody's in any danger. Like, like Han Solo fake. could just walk right through yeah, them. Yeah, you just walk right through. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They can't physically touch him because right. they're literally fake. But when you see a room full of grungy, dirty... Werewolves and devils and just gross <laughs> looking. Yeah. It just feels more... It just feels more real. I, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. The werewolf that. from the stage across the street. Yeah. So the um, this movie has a lot of, uh, you know... After he's been named Solo, this movie's filled with little twists and and turns and thirty and in the last ten minutes. Yes, <laughs> and, and to be honest, none of them are spoiled territory really for me. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I, I ever like you know where certain movies like we can't talk about it. You know, uh, or say anything about this movie. You have to go see it. Where you could basically share a lot of these plot twists and not necessarily feel like you're spoiling it because mm. I, I never felt like they were dramatic plot twists. They're just lots of twists and turns yeah. in the plot. So just the backwards, the, those words. I think, I think part of that comes from, you know, the, you know, the finale, you know how this movie ends, yeah. Yeah. right? But they don't, they don't Han is alone ends. and Chewbacca's his friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, so uh, you know that Solo the movie is going to end with Han Solo alone and Chewbacca, his friend. Yeah. So is this damaging to the film for you at all then? No. No, it's I just it just so. more content where you're not on the edge of your seat then and that's how it becomes more of a summer enjoyable yeah. flick well, rather than Yeah. The it's best like Star Wars I know that Kira has to she disappear, has to disappear. Yeah. in she, this movie. Yeah. She can't cuz then you know her, yeah. but then I'm watching her fight her like boss or whatever or like you see her around it's like they're not going to kill her. Yeah. I can see she, that they weren't going to kill her so now I now I know she's gonna like get away somehow, or yeah, she's gonna die at some other point. But right? it's like up to that point, I'm like interested in how they're gonna tell a story where she gets out of the yeah. picture, mm-hmm. right? And like with uh, what's Woody Harrelson's character's name? Beckett. Beckett. Yeah. Beckett and uh, his girlfriend and uh, Dryden and Voss Val. and all the all the cool characters. Yeah, Val and uh, Rio. I thought Rio was really cool. The little, the little forearm guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I liked him too. So, what what parts do you uh, do you struggle with with this film? Then let's go into that. Hmm. Uh, the villain Darian Voss is that a problem for you guys at all? Or I like Dryden. I oh, heard. Dryden, sorry. I heard that. Um, um, what's his name? The actor that plays Paul, him, Paul Bentley. Paul Bettany. Yeah, he. Um, was cast later that yes. after the director changed, yep. they cast a new bad guy. And I think with his limited amount of time on screen, even like he was really like a good villain. Yeah. Like a lot of yeah, villains in him. star Wars are mask covered or their faces are disfigured in some way, but he's like the first character that's like, actually you can see his face clearly and he's still really intimidating. I get the idea that he's like smart and unstable, and I, I like mm-hmm. that in a villain. I like I like smart and I like unstable. Mm-hmm. I noticed when he gets really angry, his mm-hmm. eyes turn red, and the scars on his face get darker. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So like maybe he's not even actually human. Oh, I don't think he is human. No, no. He's like, he's or an something. Alien. Something going on. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought that was a really interesting touch. Yeah. Um, I also think it was cool to see all of his. Uh, 
his room filled with Easter eggs All and the stuff. Little Lord, t- he had little Lord nuggets. Uh, yeah. He's probably on Death Watch at some point, <laughs> or like part of a Black Sun or something, uh-huh. uh, which they renamed to Crimson Dawn to avoid a plot twist. Right. Um, and then he has a, a crystal skull from Indiana Jones in his room. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I thought that was too obvious of a call out because I instantly noticed the skull in the room. I was like, where's that from? I can't figure it out. Yeah. I was lo- I was looking for like a Star Wars example. But when you said Indiana Jones, I'm like, oh. Yeah, because those, those films have been trading Easter eggs for yeah. a long time. <laughs> I, I would say I was a little uh, disappointed uh, in the relationship of Lando and Han, I felt oh. like they didn't get a lot of interaction you didn't together. Feel like they became best friends, kind of not thing. over two poker games. True, I, I yeah. feel like uh, they they have to have more interaction with each other, but you know, for them to go way back. And and that's the thing is like, could could you imagine going way back with a guy that you played poker with once and or twice? And then and even if you lost, I mean, you lost something big, but would you, I don't know. I just, a part of me feels like there should have been more interaction. And maybe that was, that's maybe a, a twist for me is I was expecting this to be a movie that was more about Lando and Han mm. having interaction together. And part of me feels like Lando was more of a side character, like a uh, real side character or, uh, where he, you know, he kind of just supplies them with the Millennium Falcon, yeah, yeah. and if the I, robot and stuff. If I if I didn't, you know, know that Empire Strikes Back, he was going to play an important role, and then in Episode Six, uh, I would have taken Lando as just a, uh, you know, one of those a one off character. Yeah, one off. Yeah, we're never going to see that guy again. But that was a fun quirk, you know, an interesting character. Yeah, I liked how they uh, did the callback to uh, Billy D saying Han. Yeah, over and over yeah, that again. Was, that was pretty. So funny. then he said Han, Han every Han. time, and now um, Donald Glover says Han yeah. in normal conversation. <laughs> we well, probably asked you, man. Imagine how many times he was like. Yeah, it's probably natural to him now. Brainwashed into his head. Yeah. <laughs> I I wish you know I think one line would have fixed or made Lando a better character for me is when he meets Lan- Lando that he says like one day I'm gonna be in charge of a place like this but bigger. So you kind of get the idea that like Han or that Lando has ambition because you never really get the idea that Lando has ambition. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? He just kind of like has a gambler. Yeah, he just like is a gambler. Has has this this ship, and it was. I don't think uh, it ever really made it look like the Millennium Falcon was particularly special. That they made the Kessel run in the set amount of time. It was more. It wasn't that the ship was fast. It's that they put that. Uh, the juice in it made mm-hmm. it go really fast, and they took a really dangerous route. So it wasn't necessarily that they that that the Millennium Falcon's fast; it's that the pilot was risky, which yeah. I think are two two completely different things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when they said, "Yeah," the, the, Ke- the Kessel Run didn't seem like I felt like that should have been like the third act, maybe even a little bit. Mm. You should have had it to where uh, that took more significant role within yeah. the movie. It's it Han just, Solo's crowning achievement. I know, exactly, but it yeah. didn't feel like it was the crowning achievement yeah. of the film. No. Uh, it just it felt like, oh, here it is. And there weren't a lot of people around to watch and witness it happen. So no. now it's all based off him saying he did it. 
and no one actually yeah, questioning it. Han, it's like no one, Han is, it, is that on record? Did they put that in the books? To, to, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. made is it that far? A, is there a Guinness Book of World yeah, Records? Yeah, it doesn't the, seem like it. So of space records. It, it's just interesting. It's, oh, you you were able to do the Kessel Run. Oh, it's so impressive. You know, and, and then like everybody knows what the Kessel Run is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, was that planet everybody's that popular, ever done or? that? Well, the spice mines of Kessel. Yeah, it's a pretty well-known planet i think really but it's in, not uh, a planet that most people go to maybe they well no they people, c- people only go there to become slaves or make the kessel run i just think it's interesting that they they sure. hear like i know well, how fast is your ship i know i know of the, the kessel co- run. i know of the country switzerland but i don't know its highways leading up to it do you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> so i don't know how fast it takes to I, oh yeah, how fast? Uh, how fast? How long does it take to get to Switzerland on the highways? Yeah, I, I didn't realize over it, there. I didn't realize that general education on Tatooine included Kessel how long the on, Kessel Run yeah, takes. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, you can't do that in less than twenty parts. That's just kind of a nitpick. But yeah, I would have liked to see Lando um, say that he has ambitions, big ambitions, and then and then when you see him in charge, like the leader of Cloud City, a large yeah. city, right on a on a on a planet that. You, you see that and you're like, oh, okay, I get why Lando has this position now. It's because he worked really hard and he had ambition when he was yeah. younger. Instead of it just like, it seemed to just kind of fall in his lap apparently. that Yeah, well, he, he probably won it in a game of Sabacc. Yeah, I was going to say he just won it in a game that he cheated. Um, you know, um, another part that maybe for me that I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a big deal. It just felt like there were a lot of, um, it felt like the movie itself was like episodic. Yeah. within itself like so i was watching all these like and they were all different adventures yeah these yeah. mini adventures happening back to back to back to back and in each mini adventure you have all these characters taking place and then they don't like i get that you like rio and i i can see why but he's i felt like rio character. was like sure but then then he's gone he's like what jar jar should have always been but okay <laughs> but talkative yet fun but 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 here's what happens is the moment that he ends from his movie, you know, Val ends in the movie too. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for anyone, but a lot of minor characters die yeah. in this film. And then when they die, you're introduced to new characters. Yeah, it Lando was shows up and the L3 writers are basically up. like, we want to kill people off because we want these guys to be alone and deal with these and things. And then Lando leaves. But then they realize, well, but we have to have them talking to somebody. So let's <laughs> add these characters in. Oh, no, now these characters got to die because we got to make this movie about Han Solo. Okay, so we'll get right. So it always felt like a character was being introduced and then dying, and the new character was being introduced after that. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, it's you know like you got Rio, and then all of a sudden, uh, and Val is there, and then those two die, and then oh, now we have a robot and Lando being introduced, and then we got the girlfriend being reintroduced, and you know then we have a villain being introduced, and the villain to me is the only one that kind of travels through like well Beckett's there the whole time. Uh yes, I guess that's true, Beckett. But I was taking him as like kind of a major character. See, I, I look at Beckett as more of the Han Solo that uh, this Han is trying to imitate. So, if anything, if we're looking, and I was connecting more with anybody about being Han Solo, it was actually Woody Harrelson's character that I was connecting with as actually being uh, Solo. Solo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because oh. his whole philosophy is to not trust anybody. That's right. And you'll never be disappointed. So he's truly solo. Yeah. Versus Han, who's actually the good guy. Exactly. Who You're not so you know he he cares for Chewbacca and he cares for Kira and he cares for 
Beckett in the end, even though he shoots first. Uh, Which was a clear, clear call out right yeah. there. Yeah. But then he runs to his aid and, like, you know, holds him as he's saying his last words, oh, Qui Gon yeah. style. Yes. What, what uh, do you feel like? Yeah. Do you feel style. like that that was cool that um, Han shot him first without him ever pulling out his gun? Well, does this the making up finally that Han shot first? You know, trying to redeem that's that or that's that what well, we're yeah, doing that's what here, it was. Or? I I bet, but um, I it was thought, a nice little twist for me. I thought, I was yeah, like, Whoa. it made me jump in my seat. I'll be honest. Yeah. I kind of got yeah. like, Whoa. um, but I thought it was nice that he went and like he's still a softer, yeah, nice guy. He, he went like, over to him. I shot you because I had to shoot you, but yeah. I still and Beckett's like, you. man, you did the right thing. Yeah, I was gonna kill you. I was gonna do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was. I thought that was like it was like two two smugglers talking to each other yeah two people that are just in it for themselves but but they both the thing is they both cared for each other just in different ways so like beckett cared about han solo but at the end of the day he cared more about himself yeah and you can say the same thing for solo but solo just saw it coming Mm -hmm. but but it was not an easy thing for beckett to do you can see that well this is where part of the movie and i maybe i'm picking up on things but something that i really enjoyed out of it was that the similarities between the two really are because they're solo right they're both they're both on their own except for one small piece which is that han has chewy chewy the only reason to go chasing after beckett is because he's got chewy in the coaxium well forget the coaxium right at that point you know the he thinks that the the syndicate's dead they're no longer chasing at this point yes it'll be good used for this good cause which we didn't really get talking about at all yet but I think it's because he's got Chewy, and so that was makes the difference. Is, is that when you have people that are dependent on you, suddenly we can't just be so rash and quick and and uh, just do whatever we want. Suddenly we have to make choices that are actually uh, aff- we know that they affect other people, mm-hmm. and so I, that to me is what I kind of appreciate. Is we have somebody who was making choices like that at the beginning, right? Um, with Kira and then losing Kira, his whole focus was getting back to her. And then in the film, when they, he finally gets her back, she's constantly talking to him like, well, you can finally get that ship. Well, yeah, but I only wanted to get the ship to get you. I just wanted and, you. But, but for like, some reason, he's, cool. still, <laughs> he's still going through all of this. But see, the only difference is Chewie. Chewie is still part of his world. And so he's still having to look out for now Chewie. Mm-hmm. Maybe Beckett was part of his world too, but I think both of those two are a mirror. They're not necessarily buds. Like, yeah. And I don't think they ever really were close buds. Or I think we're led to believe that they're becoming buddies. But They were I, just kind of using each other for the yeah, job. Yeah, and, well, I, and that's where yeah. they're both stuck in a job that they need to keep doing because so they can't get out of. I think yeah. Solo was or Han was just kind of in a spot that um, he, he was almost like a, a kind heart that was in with the wrong crowd because you look at Kira, she was she uh, she might have liked Han romantically, but she never cared about. I mean, she cared about him a little bit, but at the end of the day, she's just like Beckett. No, look, she this, took off. This whole movie is about loyalties. Yeah, it's about who you're loyal to, yep. mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and you have Beckett who's loyal to himself yeah. and only himself. Which it is interesting that all his friends are the ones that die, and yet he moves on, and and that's a harsh reality that he lives in. Uh, you have the loyalties of 
uh, Kira uh, that she where she's trying to deal with that. Her loyalty loyal to herself. No, at the end of the day, it's to survive. That's yeah, that's she's how she's a survivor. Grew up. It's to sur- yeah, exactly. She's a survivor by any means. She knew her chances of survival are better if she takes over the lead of the what is it, Crimson Sun, the Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn. She's she is in a better place to survive if she takes over the Crimson Dawn, then joins Han Solo. There's no mm-hmm. other reason she left Han. So the the only it's, the, it's to so survive, but the, selfish. Everyone's got lo- like every, everyone, even 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 uh, Lando had loyalties, yeah. right to to his robot friend and and. Uh, then loyalty to the ship, <laughs> yeah. But she loses out. But he's see, he had loyalty, but he was abusive with his loyal, his loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. He'd like put things in jeopardy all the time. Yeah, just yeah, bet my ship away. No problem, whatever. Now you can have but my ship Han, that has my robot in it. Khan and Chewie have a loyalty yeah. that is based on something different. It's based on um, sacrifice for each other, mm-hmm. mutual trust that I don't think can ever truly be broken. And even as like Chewie like made a choice, like I'm not going to follow anymore. I'm going to go help my friend. There was mutual respect within that Mm -hmm. to allow him to do that. And so part of me wishes is that there had been more between Chewie and Han that showed a little bit more of the sacrificial um, love that they have for each other so that that loyalty is just that much stronger so that at the end of the movie when he goes and I got to go help Chewie, I got to chase after Beckett, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that puts a little bit more of a harsher stamp on it. Still really yeah. good the way it's done, mm-hmm. and I can read into it however much I need to, but uh, maybe would have loved to see that yeah. I like a little when Chewie, bit more. I like when Chewie yeah. sits down in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon because uh, Lando can't. Lando can't fly it anymore, mm-hmm. so he he sits down and he starts flipping switches like he knows how to fly it, and you just like see that like connection between Chewie and Han. It's like wh- why would you have Chewie as your co-pilot? Yeah. Like that is that's he's a crazy like, monster. Yeah, he's a crazy monster, but it's like you see that Chewie and Han have this like really special bond together. Right. That, yeah. That like they trust each other to to fly this ship that it literally requires two people to fly the Millennium Falcon effectively. Mm-hmm. So to have two people there to both do it that he trusts Chewie to do that I thought was really cool so so overall uh, a film that had tons of behind the scenes trouble between the directors getting fired uh, them having to remake 70% of this film at the last second yeah bringing in Ron Howard who very I believe did a very impressive Mm -hmm. job especially continuing when you're on a time budget or uh, you know, and you're trying to rush. Yeah. You're trying to rush to make something like this. The natural thing to do is to CGI a bunch of stuff yeah. because you, you got to move quick and you yeah. got to move fast. Mm-hmm. So this film is uh, is amazing for what it is. The marketing has done a, a terrible job oh. promoting it, and so it's the number one movie. We're just in the world. we're going to end with basically saying, "Hey, Solo is worth the watch. It's enjoyable." There are other things that we could probably get nitpicking into. We could talk it. about the robot lady. Yeah, we could get into was, that. I wasn't was. a big fan, but you know what? In in the end, I think the film, the film overall was a great enjoyed en- enjoyment, it's worth and, and it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing, mm-hmm. and it's worth absolutely. being part of the Star Wars universe. Yes, I yeah. give it a stamp of approval. Sure, uh-huh. someone absolutely. who can be very harsh. Might be Star surprising Wars. based on what you read online, but from from here at the New Hope Podcast, we give it a. Approval yeah. to be part of the <laughs> canon of Star Wars. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Judge for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Eight. So <laughs> there you go. 
Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be getting even closer uh, from weeks from now to be talking about A New Hope. And we're just so excited to be finally getting there to to kind of uh, to continue our story of the, the hope that uh, George has envisioned and being able to talk about that. Uh, stay tuned yeah, for more. Yeah, please follow us detail. on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, interact with us on our YouTube channel wherever. Yeah, wherever you, we, wherever you we Google love Plus. to hear from our fans. We really absolutely do. <laughs> too. Yep. Okay. Hey, this is this is a New Hope podcast, and we're talking Star Wars and hope. Of course, of course, of course. Of course.